Hi, Zoomers. Hi, Bear. And it feels so hot, so I stayed home today. We did a bingo fundraiser Friday night at the Senior Center for a new stove. We had 115 people. Wow. I thought about wearing a mask. I went, we raised three thousand. Yeah, we raised three thousand dollars, though. Yeah. Oh. Good. That's good. Yeah. Hi, how are you? I, I, I got to check the words on the next songs because they seem to be off. I just copied somebody else's slides. Bye. A lot of people. Yeah. Good. We were we were going to go, but you know. storm uh, this afternoon of Winter Tennessee. Was that tornado pipe? <laughs> <laughs> so we're going
time for announcements. Uh, there is a board meeting today after church. And at 2 o'clock today in Winlock at Bear Raven Longhouse, it is drumming and singing. We know Grandfather will tell us his stories, but it's supposed to be primarily drumming and singing. So come and join the fun. 2 o'clock. Uh, we need readers for the 17th, that's next week, and the 31st, the last week of the month. So if that's you, let me know. Uh, our 12-hour candle lighting service is on the 24th. We need one more person, the person who will read the understanding power. So again, if that's you, let me know, otherwise you might have skipped the other part. And then I would remind you of uh, Sunday night at 7 o'clock, no matter where you are, for 10 minutes, stop, drop, and pray. We are joining many in a meditation for uh, the light and the peace of all the dark places. So you can do that wherever you are. Are there any? talking to myself as I figure out what it is. Okay. I do that a lot. Talking to myself is fun. All right, so um, y'all can see this, right? Yeah. Hot diggity. All right, so um, in October, I stood up here and I talked about generosity, and I kind of let you know that we were having a little bit of a shortfall um, for a few months, and that I was not going to hold that, and that we were prosperous, and there was abundance and all that jazz. So, there has been talk of maybe regularly letting you know how things are going. So here it is. This is a snapshot of our bank accounts, full disclosure. So at, as of yesterday, I believe this was, yesterday morning, um, we had just over $2,000 available in our checking and just over 9,000 in our savings, our wonderful um, emergency fund hanging out there. So there is that. And then I want this one next. So taking a look at the month, and I'm not sure how to make that bigger for you. Oh, well. This is fun. Okay, let's see. Will it let me change it now? I'm sharing that. So can I push this and change what I'm sharing? No, we're going to stop sharing all together. And we're going to share the next one. There we go. Do we see that one now? No. No, we don't see the slideshow? Okay, I'll tell you what it says. It's not as good, though. Um, all right, I will tell you what it says. So um, I have one that I put together each month that's the financial breakdown. And so what it says is that as of the last day of the month, we had $1,647.34 in our 
we had $825 in outstanding checks, and we had $1,322 in outstanding deposits. Okay, so that was um, the end of month deposits that haven't processed yet. Um, so we, in theory, had $2,144.34. However, 1,000 of it has to remain in our checking account in order to make our checking account happy and make the bank happy. And at that point, I think this is correct, and this makes me very excited. $942.13 was allocated for outreach funds as of the end of November. So our actual working balance at the end of November, $202.21. So I'm gonna tell you though, I'm actually kind of excited about that because I really like the next one to show. So if I hit this button, and I tell it I want to share this one. Okay, this one is our kind of scary document that I have maintained for the year. As you look at this document, you can see for January through November how much came in each month, how much was allocated for outreach funds each month, and how much went out in each month, and then you can see the difference. Time, let's see if I can. Well, let's see, I'll do it this way. about our $202 that we theoretically have available to us because this was November was the first month since May that we actually were ahead of the game and we weren't sucking off of what was left of our checking account so I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about it um, and I just want to make sure that we are all holding firm to the idea that there is abundance in the universe and we are not lacking and then we see our um, funds continue to be sufficient as they are. Okay. Now, I also have other things I want to talk to you about. So you're going to forgive me, and you're going to love me for just a few more minutes. We're going to stop sharing. Okay. Because I want to share with you cards. Okay. So I get the mail. I'm the lucky person that gets to open all the mail. And so I'm going to share with you our cards. Okay. So it's holiday season, and we have one here. It is a lovely little picture of a house and an adorable picture of a puppy dog on the back. Isn't that cute? All right, and this one says, wishing you a peaceful, happy holiday from our house to yours. Love, Rosella and Teddy Bear. What an appropriate name. Okay, so Miss Rosella is thinking of us, which is wonderful. We have this card right here. I don't know where the holiday cards go, but they should go someplace fun. Um, so, Merry Christmas. And this one says, Unity Worldwide Ministries is so grateful for the ways you support our mission. Your generosity and thoughtful prayers allow our work to continue so that more people are positively impacted by the powerful unity teaching. Together we strengthen faith, peace, love, and joy in the world. We wish you and your loved ones a very happy holiday season. 
And last but not least, if you're not aware, Fred sends us a card every single month. Okay, but this happens to be a season's greetings card. Um, to all Unity folks, season's greetings and best wishes for a happy new year. Lots of love from, I can never say this correctly, it is that fabulous place he is in in North Carolina where he keeps trying to convince people we should move to. Um, okay, uh, Sandy and Fred. So, <laughs> Chaco. Chaco Winty. Chaco Winty. Okay, so there we go, ladies and gentlemen. We have some fabulous cards. I'm just going to kind of put them right there and we'll figure out where they go. Thank you.
ruminating over past mistakes, and feeling anxious about the future. But consider this. 
almost everyone, everywhere, is probably thinking something similar. Together, we're contributing our troubled energy to a world on edge, brittle, jagged, and longing for peace. Peace, just like every other aspect of spiritual living, is an inside job. It's also a crucial aspect of the Advent journey. To bring the Christ into the world, we must first shut out the noise and distractions that pulls our attention away from our hearts. Wisdom, the inner voice that reminds us we are divine beings. As we listen to the wisdom of the heart, we lift ourselves out of the clamor of conflict, the agitated energy of pushing against what life is showing us. A peaceful heart leads to acceptance of what is exactly as it is, and perhaps counterintuitively allows us to find the peace we've been seeking. With commitment and practice, we will be the peaceful presence we have been praying for, no matter the situation. Each year we celebrate Jesus' birth, the new life brought into the world under the humblest conditions. We can learn so much from the Christmas story. We need not wait for the world to present us with ideal circumstances. When we live from the knowledge that we are spiritual beings, when we see ourselves as both divine and human, peace is ours and nothing and no one can take it away. As peace dawns in every heart and mind, the world will be transformed and the Christ will be born anew. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 16, now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times in all ways. The Lord be with all of you. And on this day of Advent, I sweeten the world by sharing my peace. And it's not too late for me, one of you, to have that booklet that we can enjoy every day. And in the 12th day, all of us go on to this website and ask them to send it to It's now the meditation song. And we are going to sing Angels We Have Heard on High and Silent Night. 279, the angel, and 270, or
our Creator, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, I am. I am thy kingdom come, I am thy will be done. I am on earth, even as I am in heaven. I am giving this day, giving bread to all. I am forgiving all life, even as I am also all life forgiving me. I am leading all people from temptation. I am delivering all people from error. For I am the kingdom, I am the power, and I am the glory of God, an eternal and manifestation all this I am. Sunday of the month, and today we are going to hear from Audrey Pitchford, our licensed unity teacher from Olympia, and she's talking about the sweetest Christmas. Yes, I am. I don't think that's into it much. I think the sweetest Christmas should deal with that. So um, it is Advent, so um, it is Advent, uh, we are going to talk about the sweetest Christmas today. Before we do, I just want to acknowledge that this community has had a loss in the past bit of time. And so before we get into the talk, if, if it's okay, I'd like to um, just read a small prayer uh, on behalf of Tom. Invite us to settle in. Settle into this present space and time, and if it feels comfortable to close your eyes, go ahead and do that. Or if not, maybe focus on in front of you, such as the And as we breathe in and out to this now moment, we remember John. What a light 
is. What a blessing the husband and is to this community. We are so grateful for divinity expressing as dawn. For the ways he helped us learn and grow. For what he shared. We know and trust that death is not the end. That it is simply a change. We know that our connection with John continues. Our love for him continues. We see that we continue to be blessed by his love, by his light. And we affirm for John and for all who love him that he is surrounded and enfolded in love, in light, in peace, in blessing. We know that he dwells in the house of love forever. And so for his time, his human realm, for the gift that he is, we're so grateful. Allow that gratitude to fill our hearts. I always uh, like to start things off with a few of my cheesy jokes. I think many of you know that about me already. And to understand these Advent jokes, it's helpful to have an image of Advent calendars. This is one that a friend of mine shared, and I love it because on the right is the, the kind that has the little cut-out paper doors where each day you open it starting on December 1st, and there's a piece of chocolate inside each one. And I don't know if people are familiar with those, so every day you get a piece of chocolate. Oh yes, I'm seeing some nods. All right, the one on the left is for her dog. So I'm presuming it doesn't have chocolate in it. Because, you know, uh, dogs aren't uh, supposed to have stuff like that. Hopefully it has something the dog will enjoy. So um, a few of my cheesy Advent jokes here. Um, so why is it getting harder to buy Advent calendars? <laughs> Their days are numbered. <laughs> How do you feel when you can't get to your Advent chocolate? Foiled. <laughs> what happened to the man who stole the Advent calendar? You got 24 days. <laughs> this year I don't actually have an advent calendar. I'm just opening up my cupboards and eating whatever I want. <laughs> Alright, here's my, my very favorite. According to my chocolate advent calendar, Christmas is in three days! <laughs> Alright. Yeah, that's me. I would eat ahead. So, um, so we are in the Advent season, and today's talk is on that same little booklet that Eileen read to us um, from The Sweetest Christmas. And like Susan mentioned, if you don't have a copy of that but you want one, uh, they're, they're kind of really delightful little booklets. They have little stories in the beginning, kind of like the Daily Word, and then they have a daily reading for each day. Uh, online, you can download one at umd.org, or you can ask for one to be mailed to you. And... Um, I have to say that when um, this one came out, um, I was pondering this idea of sweetness and sweetest and what makes Christmas sweet. And so um, many of you know, I'm a licensed unity teacher, which means I graduated from school with more questions than answers. And uh, I always like to um, 
ponder what I believe, and I also like hearing what you believe, and I, I would never presume to tell other people what, what they should believe. I can tell you what Unity teaches, I can tell you what I think, I love to hear your thoughts as well. And so at this point, I'd love to hear if anyone wants to share what makes Christmas sweet for you. What makes Christmas sweet? Family and friends. Family and friends. Thank you, Susan. And we know we heard chocolate also with fudge, right? Whipped cream. Fudge and whipped cream, thank you. Joyce? Music, maybe? Yes. Yeah. Me too. I'm with you. Thank you. What else makes Christmas sweet for you? Traditions. Traditions. Okay. Any any particular ones? Uh Johnny's Christmas Eve. Okay. All right. Yes. And maybe all day Christmas too. <laughs> well, of course, we get them Christmas. Oh, uh, so okay. Can wear okay. Them so you have to get some mileage stuff. out of those Christmas jammies. Thank you, Irene. What makes Christmas sweet for you? Power of love. Power of love. Yes. Thank you. When I was pondering some of the things that make Christmas sweet for me, I was thinking absolutely the music, the traditions, uh, connecting with family and friends. Um, I really like um, turning inward this time of year and reflecting on like the past year and thinking ahead. So um, there's been times I've done like vision boards, thinking about the upcoming year, what my intention is, uh, how things went this past year. Um, I, I really like uh, this little booklet too for that reason. It helps me helps me go inward and reflect. Um, and then I was also kind of thinking about this word, the sweetest, and I something was bothering me a little bit about it after I got this booklet. And um, I think what started bothering me is I thought, well, what happens um, if my Christmas experience doesn't feel very sweet? And and I don't know about you all, but um, but I've had really sad things happen in the past at Christmas time. I've lost loved ones. Even this past year, a really good friend of mine um, just stopped going through cancer treatment and went on the hospice. And so, you know, all of us could love her or adjust to the idea that she cannot be around for a lot longer. Um, so, so I love this idea of the sweetest Christmas and then I start to wonder too, if I'm having an experience in the outer that looks like it's maybe not very sweet, that looks like it's got pain or grief or sadness, if someone that I love dearly is struggling financially, health-wise with other things, then I can start to ask myself, is it even possible to have sweetness? Is it possible to feel that sweet? So this is the idea that I started pondering. I do believe it's possible to experience sweetness, um, even if I'm going through even if I'm going through times of loss. I don't always find it easy. Um, when I think of that sweetness idea, my thoughts immediately go to the outer. My family, my friends, the traditions, the pajamas, the fudge, and uh, and so when those things are not there, sometimes I have to dig a little bit deeper. And I do absolutely believe that uh, sweetness is possible. So I thought I'd share some of um, what I've discovered in my own life about experiencing sweetness. Before I do this, I want to talk about Advent just a little bit. 
So um, the word Advent itself, uh, we, we think about Advent as the time leading up to Christmas or a season of preparation. And the word refers to the beginning of something or the arrival of someone important. And I love this. It's actually related to the same word as adventure. Adventure. So I like thinking about as, as when these days of Advent leading up to Christmas, um, sometimes, sometimes it's easy to think, oh, it's just a big ramp up and then there's going to be this big special day. And at the same time, we're on this adventure. We're on this exploration of a really deep time. Now, in Unity, our Unity co-founder, Charles Fillmore, um, talked about Advent being an inner search of the mind and heart. An inner search of the mind and heart. And he also talked about it being a way to understand the saying of the second coming as spiritual. So sometimes in Christian tradition, we hear about the second coming. And in some faiths, there's a belief that Jesus is going to return to the planet a second time. And our union co-founder, Charles Fillmore, talked about metaphysically interpreting aspects of Christianity, looking for a deeper meaning, looking for a symbolic meaning, looking for what does this mean in my life. And Charles said, you know, every day is an opportunity for us to have an awareness of that Christ or that divinity or that spiritual highest self that we are within. Every day is a day to experience that second. Every day is a day to experience the kingdom of heaven because it's inside. And I love this, this idea that, yeah, during Advent, we might be working towards uh, December 25th. And it's not about December 25th. Maybe, maybe it's about December 10th. Maybe it's about whatever is happening today, right here, right now, having my awareness and my awakening right here today. This is actually, um, kind of in alignment with one of the things that I've learned in my life about Christmas. Um, so when I was younger, my husband and I were co-parenting his daughter, and uh, his daughter would go back and forth between our house and my husband's ex-wife's house. And so there were times, and if anyone else has been part of a blended family, there's times that on special days, you might not have that child with you. And so one of the things that I learned is, oh, it's not about just celebrating on Christmas. We don't like have to wait and hold it all in and then, you know, have a really good time on Christmas or if she's not with us on Christmas that we missed it. That it's important to celebrate when we can, when we can be together. And if it happens to be December 10th or January 2nd, blessings or whatever day of the year it is, that's when we celebrate. And so I, I love that uh, alignment to, um, of that awareness that I had um, with Charles's teaching about yeah we can we can be aware of that divinity and celebrate anytime, and I just put a little hat on Charles. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so some of the early traditions with Lent had to do with prayer, fasting, um, spiritual study. Some of these practices still continue. Uh, wreaths. Uh, we were talking this morning just about the, the different uh, ideas that we celebrate each Sunday and enjoying uh, the reminder about those. And um, one of the 
um, things that I also appreciate about these little booklets is just the chance again to tune within to focus on spiritual ideas or spiritual principles and see how they might be reflecting in my life or how I might want to um, focus more on them in my life. So some of the spiritual tools, I know there's millions and billions of spiritual tools. Some of the ones that have made such a difference for me uh, in my journey for the sweetest Christmas, uh, the biggest one I think has been meditation. And I know that this community is not new to meditation. Um, I think especially the years that I am grieving or that I have lost someone special, meditation is so important. Because for me, meditation is also connected with mindfulness. What's going on for me right now? How do I feel about that? And just accepting what it is, letting it be okay. I realize in meditation that I might have a lot of feelings in me. I might have sadness in me. I might have anger in me. I had anger in me when I found out that my friend was going on hospice. I might have fear in me. And recognizing that our spiritual journey, for me, is not about bypassing these feelings. It's not about pretending they don't happen. It's about saying, okay, I have this in me. I have fear, I have sadness, I have anger. I am more than this. I have other things in me too. I have hope, I have gratitude, I have joy. The other, um, I think, big impact that I've noticed with meditation is um, having a greater awareness of, I don't know if anyone else ever has this, mistaken belief thinking, that little voice in my head that's saying, wow. <laughs> Everybody else is out there having a really sweet Christmas autumn. I realized um, that I can have a mistaken belief sometimes about holidays. That, oh, if I'm, if I'm not having the sweetest Christmas, I'm not doing it right. Or everyone else is out there enjoying Christmas and I'm not. What am I missing? What's wrong with me? And so I've noticed that the deeper I get into meditation, the more I practice consistently, not only can I be more accepting and mindful of my feelings, recognizing that they're transitory, they'll come and go. There's a part of me that notices that's greater than what I'm feeling in any one particular moment. But I also get the chance to listen more to my thinking and ask myself, well, is that true? Is that true that everyone is out there having just a fantastic time with Christmas? Hmm. Probably not. Maybe it could be, but maybe it isn't. Maybe it is. And I don't have to um, get into thinking that there's only a right way or only one way to celebrate Christmas or to acknowledge what's going on for myself. Something else that I have had a practice of doing with meditation is discerning what's important to me about Christmas and what isn't. Um, because really, if I tried to do everything that's possible to do for Christmas, I probably would never sleep and it'd last 100 years. And yeah, there's just so much happening. And um, so like a few things that I don't do, I don't wrap presents, I don't like to do it. <laughs> I, I admire that other people can make presents look very fancy. It's just not my thing. Um, I don't even actually give very many gifts. Um, we pretty much give gifts to the little kids in our family and that's about it. Every now and then my husband will come to me and he'll 
and I've had this deer in the headlights like, and they'll say, we're not exchanging Christmas gifts this year, are we? I'll be like, no, I still don't want to. Um, and if people like exchanging gifts or if they like wrapping gifts, that's totally fine. It's just, it's not what's important to me. Um, I, um, I also really like um, one of the practices that Unity has of metaphysical, metaphysical Bible interpretation. And I think about this a lot with some of the songs that are so meaningful for me that I've you know, sung since my childhood. Um, that uh, in Unity, we don't get super hung up about whether the, the Nativity story really happened the way it was written down, whether, whether Jesus really was born in a manger, whether the shepherds really visited, whether angels really appeared. We look at all of these characters and events metaphysically, asking, what does this represent in my life? What's the deeper meaning for me of this story? What does each person symbolize? And the nice thing about metaphysical Bible interpretation is we each get to have our own idea. So one of the stories in the sweetest Christmas booklet in the beginning is a metaphysical Bible interpretation of the Nativity story. But it's not the only metaphysical Bible interpretation. So sometimes I like looking at other people's metaphysical Bible interpretations to give me ideas, recognizing that I can have my own interpretation. Jerry can have his own, Susan can have her own. We can each have our own interpretation, our own read about what about the story is meaningful to us. So one of the uh, things that this made me think about as well with the nativity story is um, I actually bought a nativity set a few years ago um, that reminded me of one I had when I was younger. And it's got little clay pieces. It was made in Latin America. And um, I was very excited when I saw it online because it reminded me and when it showed up, um, I was initially a little disappointed because um, um, there was something wrong with it. So what was wrong with it was uh, there were only two wise men, and there were two Marys. <laughs> and when I saw this nativity set, my very first thought was, oh, I should send it back. It's, it's defective. But then I thought, well, do I literally believe that this cast of characters was there on Christmas morning? Not necessarily. Okay. So why did this set show up in my life with two degrees and two wise men? We got to give it some more thought. And I gave it some more thought. And here was my interpretation. Um, so the divine feminine is very important to me. And one of the things in Christianity that I sometimes wish for is a greater expression of the divine feminine, especially in our sacred readings. And I thought, well, is it possible that there was another woman at the birth of Jesus besides just Mary? And my answer is yes. Here's why. So I always think, well, Mary would not have possibly delivered her own baby. She must have needed help. As a Hebrew man, Joseph could not help her because childbirth was considered ritualistically unclean, something men avoided, something women had to be purified after a season. And I assumed they had money because Joseph was looking for an inn for their family. 
It didn't say they didn't have money for one. It said there was no space. So I thought, well, Joseph seemed like an upstanding kind of guy. He would have hired a midwife to help his wife. So this is clearly the midwife of the birth of Jesus. And so then this gives me an opportunity to think, too, what am I midwifing in my life? How am I the midwife to my own spiritual development? So I believe there are no accidents, even if we get a nativity set that shows up that appears to be a little different than the Christmas story we're used to. Oh, I went through my ahas. Okay. So the four Sundays of Advent are each opportunities also for all of us to focus on these gifts that we have available to us. The idea of hope and faith. Hope and faith. I think about these a lot. Some of you know that in my day job, I work at the Washington State Department of Ecology. And I'm always very hopeful at hearing all the great work that's happening to make a positive impact on the environment. All the things that people with advanced learning are doing to make this world a better place, not just for our children and our grandchildren and our great children, our great-grandchildren, but for all of us right here, right now. That gives me hope. And I always think I also have faith, even if we don't get it right. I believe the divine is in the current circumstances, even if they look funky on the outside, even if they look frightening, but the most high is right here, right now, in all appearances. We heard today the lovely reading about peace, I love the part of that reading that talks about I could be at peace if only other people would straighten up and do blur, blur, blur. I don't know if anyone else has ever made your peace dependent on someone else behaving <laughs> the right way. Yeah, I resemble that comment. Um, choosing peace actively, deciding, yeah, I might not be able to end the war in Ukraine or end the conflict in the Middle East. And how can I choose peace? If someone cuts me off in traffic, if my neighbor's dog leaves a mess in my yard, what can I do to choose peace here and now in my life to radiate that peace outward to my neighbor, to the other driver of the car? How can we build peace in our own lives? The power of love. Terry mentioned this one a little bit earlier. Charles Fillmore talks about love being like sunshine that love radiates everywhere to everything with no question of merit or deservingness. And I like thinking about that too, like how can I radiate love like sunshine? Whether or not it seems to be coming back to me, whether or not I think other people deserve it, whether or not I feel like I deserve it, yeah, radiating that divine love. And last, joy. And I think this power reminds me again of uh, where I started in this talk about identifying in, in meditation what brings me joy, what allows me to have a sweet experience at Christmas time. Wrapping presents does not bring me joy. <laughs> uh, I don't actually do a lot of decorating at my house. I love decorations, they're beautiful. I saw the tree today, I was like, oh, that's lovely. I love seeing other people's decorations. I'm not really super into putting them up myself. Uh, I don't notice nobody ever wants to be around when it's time to put them away, and I don't really want to either. Yeah. And if decorations and decorating brings you joy, great, because we each get to discern what is it that brings us joy as we're celebrating the holidays. 
I think too, joy is also really connected to me for appreciation. Um, one thing that's really sacred and precious to me about singing is my mom and I used to sing together when uh, I was in high school. And a few years ago, after having some strokes, my mom had a pretty good recovery, but she doesn't sing anymore. And when I sing, now I hear her because um, we have the same voice. And um, so, so that's kind of bittersweet. I love it. I miss her singing with me. And I'm grateful, too, that she's still around and, um, and that I get the chance to connect with her and spend time with her, um, even when our relationship changes because of the passage of time. So as we navigate through this Advent season, I do encourage us all to remember we are on an adventure. We are on a spiritual adventure. We each have that divinity within us. And that divinity is in every person we encounter too, whether it's someone in a unity service or outside these walls or the person who cuts you off on the road, I hope it's not me, um, or whoever it is that you encounter, that we all have this divinity within. And I know that all of us in this room are practicing our spiritual practices in the way that works best for us. I encourage you, if you haven't tried this little uh, booklet yet, um, to um, see if this adds something to your spiritual practice, see if this helps deepen your meditation, deepen the way you ponder. Um, I know that whatever is going on around us or within us, that we are each capable of accessing that sweetness, that sweetness of that divine connection in each moment. And so let's take a few moments now and go into meditation. We'll meditate on these lovely gingerbread cookies, which I think also find to be part of the very sweet experience of Christmas. As we settle into this moment, we know that all sweetness, all sweet gifts, of the divine are already within. We know that as we tune inward, we easily discern hope, faith, peace, love, and joy. We remember that these are our truth. These are our sacred essence. We know that we can call on these gifts, we can lean on them and rely on them in any moment. They are always a hand. We can always ask ourselves, how do I bring love here? How do I bring peace? How do I fully express joy? We know and trust there will be an answer. And so we take a few moments now, turning within, in the silence, focusing on these Advent gifts, hope, faith, peace, love and joy.
we are grateful. We are grateful for the reminder that we are so much more. We are so much more than any feeling we might be having. We are so much more than any experience we might be experiencing. We know that our circumstances and our conditions come and go. And we know that these gifts, hope, faith, peace, love, and joy and humor. We focus on these gifts not to remove ourselves from our human lives, but to have a richer experience of our humanity. To more fully know ourselves as sacred humans, as sacred expressions of the divine. To more fully experience this adventure. For the adventure, for the chance to learn and grow, for being in spiritual community where we can support and encourage each other. I'm so grateful. For you, we are so grateful. It's time for our offering. Donated to you by mail, and continue to appreciate um, any checks that are sent here to the church at 800 South Pearl Street, Amelia 98531. You can also donate on the website at uh, unityofcentralia.net. And we thank you for all the ways that you give of your time and time. And let us say our offering prayer together. Divine love, through me, blesses and multiplies all that I have, all that I give, all that I receive, and all that I am.
Mother's love of God, we ask for the highest and greatest good for all. We endeavor to see them through your eyes and the knowledge of the common honor. Amen. Together, we will offer a prayer of protection. The light of God surrounds us, the love of God enfolds us, the power of God protects us. The presence of God watches over us wherever we are, all is, and all is now. And we will um, stand and circle up so that we can sing the peace songs together. And as you do that, I want to take this opportunity to thank Audrey and uh, Thank you. 